age is the enemy of fertility. And I just don't want any person out there, as long as I can, you know, shout at the top of my lungs, I don't want any one person to ever say, I wish I had known sooner. This is Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp, where I help tech professionals in their 20s and 30s balance a great life today without sacrificing their future possibilities. I'm your host, Lucas Caceres, certified financial planner and founder of Level Up Financial Planning, where I help educate, coach, and build strategies with my clients to help them take their financial confidence to the next level. Disclaimer alert. This information's for education, so don't just go use it. First consult with your financial advisor, because that's way more legit. That's it. That was Orlando Gomez, and you can catch him in Season 3, Episode 4, on how he broke into tech by writing a jingle. Hello, thanks for joining Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. I'm super excited to have my first guest for this season, and it's not a techie guest, but it's actually going to be a special expert. I have Dr. Amy with me today. She's an OBGYN and fertility specialist. She's also the host of the Egg Whisperer Show and throws egg freezing parties. She shares such great information, and as she mentions in her interview, information is power. And if you think, I'm a guy, I don't need this episode, she drops an important tip for you to be aware of too. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for coming on the show, Amy. I'm excited to have you. Fertility is something that I wouldn't have known too much about it as far as looking into, but I started having a lot of clients having questions about different things like freezing their eggs, having surrogates and, and things like that. And it's because I'm working with a lot of tech folks that are either focused in their career or maybe they haven't found the right partner kind of early on in their career. And so these things are getting pushed off and, and delayed probably more than previous generations. And so it's becoming a big topic and it's one that definitely impacts finances. So being a, a part tech, part personal finance, podcast, we kind of cross both of those thresholds. And when it comes up, I'm starting to get a little bit familiar just from the rough ideas of what the dollar amounts are. But yeah, definitely not my expertise. So I'm really excited to have you on today. Really quick, just kind of uh, giving a brief summary of who you are. Feel free to introduce yourself, Amy. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Lucas, again for having me. I'm just so excited to be talking to you about this. I know nothing about finance. All I know is about fertility. So I'm glad that I'm not talking about the finance stuff. But basically, I'm just a fertility doctor here in California. And my passion is in fertility awareness and making sure people know about their fertility and know about their options before it's too late. Yeah. Know that age is the enemy of fertility. And I just don't want any person out there, as long as I can, you know, shout at the top of my lungs, I don't want any one person to ever say, I wish I had known sooner because there's so many things that you can do. So many tests, so many ways of preserving your fertility that I just feel like the more I talk about it, the more people will get educated about their fertility and they can make decisions for themselves at an early time in their life and do things like you mentioned, egg freezing, embryo freezing. And so I started egg freezing party back in 2014. And now I do IVF classes and I do, you know, fertility awareness classes. And so, you know, I, that's basically a little and a lot about me. Yeah. And that's perfect. And again, exactly why I reached out to you because you're, you're the expert here in these things. You don't hear these things talked about normally, right? So even, even though I'm 
pretty positive that you have a huge following as far as watching your show and, and things like that. Those things aren't usually shared unless they know for sure, like someone needs that information and, and otherwise just people don't talk about those things and fertility, successful pregnancies, unsuccessful pregnancies, these things are very taboo topics and very scary and very, very emotional. And so being able to, to create this content and, and across your show too, the egg whisperer and, and being guests on other episodes and podcasts for other people like. This is just a great way to spread the information. And then uh, just like anything, right? You're not going to get all of life's answers here in a, in a podcast episode, but we're going to start making that awareness, spreading that. And, and anyone that is interested can learn where to go next for those kind of additional dives into the topic. For what would you say just kind of what, what do you want people to know just initially? If this is something that they think they might need, but they're not sure what it exactly means and, and what the first steps would look like. What's kind of the, the, the intro to getting an understanding of, well, what's, what does fertility mean? Why is it so important? Yeah. I mean, I think the most important thing is to talk to your family members if applicable. And for example, if your mom had a hard time getting pregnant with you, if your mom had to use, let's say, an egg donor to get pregnant with you or a surrogate, you need to find out why. And you need to find out in your early 20s so that you can take action and potentially freeze your eggs, maybe even before you're 25. So I tell people if, let's say, you've had an ovary removed or you have a history of endometriosis diagnosed at a young age, you might want to even freeze between 21 and 25. Wow. But I think that every woman should kind of get a fertility health check between 25 and 32. And I know that sounds like a long period of time, but everyone's different in terms of what they're ready for and information. But I think if you're going in and getting your birth control pill refilled or you, your IUD changed, that is a good appropriate time to also get a test done called the AMH test and see where you fall. And then based on that result, ask yourself, how old am I going to be when I have my last child potentially? And will I be able to do that given my hormone levels, my age, my family history? And then you kind of come up with a plan and you can do that with a fertility doctor and OBGYN. A lot of OBGYNs know this stuff now because these tests have been around for a long time. But those are kind of my golden rules. And then for patients who are, let's say, 37 and older, and especially if they don't already have one child, I feel like they should probably go right to IVF so that they can raise embryos so they can have enough embryos for their second baby when, let's say, they're over 39. So those are my little golden rules. And I, and I created these golden rules because all the patient experiences that I've had hoping that if someone heard this, they could potentially save themselves from infertility down the road. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you mentioned a, a couple of things that people might test for or might have like genetically predisposed to. And and that kind of expands even to other things, right? Like various forms of cancers and and things like that too, where you're like, hey, if if something happens, you need this type of surgery or this type of procedure that maybe maybe it's not the, the the ones that you mentioned specifically, but there could be other family history that if you're aware of these things, it's it's a good conversation. That's that's how it came up for one of my clients is like, hey, there's this very scary thing that she might want to get tested for, but she's scared like, 
once she does go down that path, well, that might mean that she won't be able to have kids unless she does something like freezing eggs. And, and uh, yeah, you, again, you're the expert, so you probably know uh, a lot more of what I'm talking about than I am. <laughs> but well, uh, look, you're, you're speaking to someone who's very passionate about knowing what's in your genes. And what you're describing is potentially something like a high-risk hereditary cancer gene. Mm-hmm. And if you don't ask your family members if something like that runs in the family, how would you know to even get tested for it? And sometimes it runs in the family and no one even thinks to get tested for it. So it might take, you know, a younger person who's ready to start their family to inquire and then find out it actually runs in the family. And this is something that I've seen. So you're spot on. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) at least from my family, and I'm sure it's for a lot like medical stuff just just bad news is that it's usually something that people like talking about and so yeah yeah just be be inquisitive and if if it's important for you and and again this is why this is a topic because i know having families is very important for the people that that's their goal sometimes that's like their singular goal and and sometimes it's it's up there with a lot of the other goals in someone's life and having four children myself like it it's really amazing experience. And if someone wants us, I think, yeah, they should kind of turn every, turn over every stone, do everything they can to, to make it a possibility. And that goes with the, the early testing, testing those different levels and things, and then creating that plan with you or someone else. So as early as 21, that's, that's crazy. I would have never assumed that it would be like as early as 21. You're not the finance person, but do you have a, a ballpark as far as like what? what the cost of this type of stuff would be? Absolutely. It just depends on where you live. So every clinic will have different rates, just like it costs a different, there's different, the standard, what is not the standard of living, but the cost of living in different communities is different. So of course, an egg freezing cycle in San Francisco is going to be different than an egg freezing cycle in another city, right? Yep. Yep. And so sometimes you pay 30% more in San Francisco. And if someone's in San Francisco and they can't afford it, well, you can literally go somewhere else. Yeah. That's not too inconvenient to do it for less. So a, an egg freezing cycle, including medications, is typically around thirteen dollars to $18,000 in this country right now. And that includes the freezing of the eggs, the, probably at least one year of storage, plus the medication. So it's not cheap at all. Yep. Yeah. And and if you're 21 and in tech, you might be just fine. If, if this is kind of one of those higher priority goals, like, hey, look, start out maxing your, or not max your 4K, but getting the employer badge from the financial side. And then you might want to start thinking about saving for a home down payment, things like that. But this, this would be very affordable with most tech salaries, even if you are 22, 23, 24. And if you prioritize your goal that, hey, this is important, well, that might mean, Entertainment might take a little bit of a, a pay cut as far as expenses or some of the other things that are part of your lifestyle might need some adjustments to make this happen, but very doable, I'd say, for a lot of people listening not to this particular episode. So yeah, that, that's not too bad at all. And then ongoing storage, that's not too bad. It's about $300 a year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So again... For some some folks, different lines of work, maybe it might be a little bit harder to access and kind of maintain those things. And, but yeah, I, I think for the most part, you can move things around in your life and goals that, that if this is a priority for you, what would you say to people that like, they're like, ah, this, 
is important to me, but like, I don't know if it's worth taking these steps to do this. If what if they're just kind of scared of like going through this route? It to me, it sounds scary. Just like going, go, go through this, talking to someone about these things, but they're already talking with their doctors or would have to talk with their doctors, even if they were to get pregnant. So what would you say kind of removing some of the, the scariness behind moving forward with getting that first test and then starting to have these plans made? Yeah. And so what I always tell people is knowledge is power. The more you know, the better things will, will go. I mean, certainly sometimes you find out that your results are low mm-hmm. and there's really nothing we can do about that because the levels are a reflection of your age, your genetics and environment, and you can't turn back the clock and you can't change your genetics. The only thing we really control is our environment and then obviously the decisions that we make. Yeah. So, you know, when I tell people who are just scared, I just say, well, what is scary about it to you? And I, and I make it so that the process is as smooth as possible. Like some people actually think that they're really big needles and they're big shots that go in your, the, the muscle of your, of your buttocks. And the reality is they're teeny tiny needles that go in the skin of your tummy. And so the shot is similar to like plucking an eyebrow. Like that's how it feels. Yep. So when I say that to people, they're like, okay. And then like anesthesia, cause you do this while you're asleep. Everyone thinks you're going to die from anesthesia. And I, and I don't want to like make a joke of that, yep. but the reality is no one dies from the anesthesia, from an egg retrieval. It's very mild. It's like taking a gentle nap and you wake up right after and you're breathing on your own. Yep. And so, you know, I tell people that and they're like, oh my God, you're right. Like I was scared about anesthesia. I've never been under anesthesia, yep. but this is a medical procedure. It does have risks. Risks are small, but it's really important that you're followed by a doctor that understands your body and what your goals are. So for example, I can have a patient that has a lot of eggs, but I don't want to get so many because of her body size. And I want to make sure she's comfortable throughout. She doesn't really need that much because of how young she is. Yeah. So like I said, talking to your doctor about what your goals are, what you're scared of will usually help decrease your anxiety around the procedure. Or you just realize it's just not worth it for you and it's not for you. And that's okay as well. Yeah. But I find these people who asked the questions, explored it, and then said it wasn't for them. They don't have the regret. Yeah. It's people who had explored it and wish they had done it that get really mad that they didn't do it when they were younger and then they wait too long. And by the time they're ready to do it, it's too late. So for example, you thought about it when you were 36, now you're 43, ready to do it. It's probably too late. Well, hopefully it isn't because I'm an eternal optimist and I want everyone to be successful, but it's like, it's likely to wait. So too late. So if you want to do this, I would just get checked and see how you feel. Talk to someone about their process for you and, and do it if it's something that is important to you. Yeah. And that's a good point as far as just, just having those initial conversations, because I think sometimes with a lot of things that people are afraid of, like they don't know necessarily what they're afraid of. They just just the thought of it just kind of brings on something. And then once you start talking through it, then they can identify those things. And then you're able to to tackle those. And and is it is it really a concern once once they know what those fears are and once they're addressed? And yeah, that's that sounds amazing and perfect uh, as far as just giving people the information that they're able to decide what that looks like. For let's say it is kind of either later in the road or for some reason people just have don't have the, the eggs that they were hoping for at any age what what are some other alternatives that 
they consider because it's not necessarily the end of a road to having a family. It just might mean it's going to be a little bit different of a plan if they're open to those different options. Absolutely. Not everyone was born with eggs. Not everyone was born with a uterus that wants to be a parent and not everyone was born with sperm. So I call it creative family building. And the term for it is third party reproduction, where you have a different egg provider, a different sperm provider, and someone else to carry the pregnancy for you. So we call that egg donation, sperm donation, Mm -hmm. and surrogacy or using a gestational carrier. So these are all wonderful, beautiful ways of growing your family and things that fertility doctors like me, this is what we do every day. Yep. Yeah. And how how amazing it must be for you to to help people like have this huge joy in their life. And then especially if it's been uh, so hard and, and like we can dive a little bit back more into your story. It's like what, what made you go down this path? What made you think like, well, being a doctor for one is cool, but then like this specific part of your niche and, and being able to, to help people have this goal achieved for a lot of them. I was born with a gene and the gene was the only thing you can be in life is a fertility doctor. And I inherited that gene from my dad who inherited it from his grandfather. And it's obviously a very dominant gene. And it's like, I literally was born like looking for a uterus to like put a, you know, an embryo in. (laughs) I've been very passionate about helping people. And I knew I wanted to be an OBGYN. And then when my mom had several miscarriages, I just knew I wanted to have help people who have that problem. Okay. And a specialty that helps with that is my specialty, which is reproductive endocrinology and infertility. So we are recurrent miscarriage specialists. Okay. And so I just dedicated my younger life to research and to recurrent miscarriages. And then it just, you know, led me, you know, along this path to being here at this desk for almost 15 years now same desk. I think I need to sand it, <laughs> but for now, I'm just going to still use it. Yep. Yep. So it works out. No, no need to make changes. There. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yeah, so you can speak a little to, to miscarriages that me and my family know kind of personally, kind of how that impacts us. Like even talking about it, my voice is breaking up a little bit. Like that's like a terrible, terrible experience. Again, no one talks about these things. Like how important is it to, to get that knowledge and information as far as like, well, what the heck's going on and, and what, what that game plan could be? Because yeah, maybe, maybe it's not that, Hey, we want to preserve eggs because of, of way down in the future, you want to have the option. Like maybe people are trying to have pregnancies and, and things are just not going the way they want and information could help them kind of navigate those waters. Like what, what would you kind of tell to those people listening? Yeah. So what I would say is, first of all, I'm sorry for your loss and just know that having a miscarriage is, is devastating and extremely traumatic. And I think it's really important for people to get mental health help as if they're diagnosed from the very beginning to help you with coping, especially with grief and loss. There's nothing that's going to take away the pain that you experience going through that miscarriage, but working with a counselor will help you realize that you did not cause that miscarriage, no matter how smart you are, no matter what the test showed, I still have patients that think that somehow they are to blame. So I think that's one reason why I bring up mental health when it comes to miscarriage. And you're right. There is no hallmark card. When you go to the store for, I'm sorry, you had a miscarriage. So it unrecognized loss as well. So I think recognizing it and talking about it is really important. And then going to a doctor too and saying, while I know I didn't cause this, 
is there anything I can do to prevent another one? And so I've come up with a method. It's called the angel method. And each letter represents testing that you can consider doing with your doctor. So looking at the anatomy, looking at your nutrition, looking at genetics, looking at your endocrine system, looking at your lifestyle. That's just kind of a general overview of what this method does. And so I created this just so people weren't so confused about what to do after a miscarriage. And unfortunately, what still happens is people are being told you have to have two or three miscarriages to get a workup. That's not fair. We're talking about a miscarriage, something that's so devastating. It's the death of what you thought was going to be your baby. And we have to say it out loud because that's what it is to my patients. Yeah. And so, you know, that's why I feel like even after one miscarriage, I don't want my patients to have recurrent miscarriages. I want to prevent the recurrent as soon as I can. So I am not alone. I know a lot of fertility doctors do this. But a lot of patients don't go to their fertility doctor or a fertility, they go to their OBGYN. So I hope that someone out there is listening to this that might have had a miscarriage that that goes to angel method and is like, okay, I'm going to go and get some testing done just so I can feel reassured that everything is going to be just fine. Yeah. And and it's important to go to a professional too in in all these aspects. Like, yes, it's good to have community. It's good to, to lean on other people that may have had similar experiences and be able to kind of lean on them from that aspect, but they're not professionals. It's so yeah, if you, if, if you need mental health help on this, see a professional in the mental health space. If, if you need a fertility doctor, see a fertility doctor, don't go see a witch doctor. Don't, don't just kind of go off of weird random myths and, and stories that you read online or advice from great grandparents where things were a lot different back when they were doing stuff. And so it, it will give you more information, like Amy said, and and allow you to, to have more control as much as you can in, in this type of situation. Just with that information, you can control the, the game plan and the, the actions that you're going to take moving forward. What, what haven't I asked you that you think would be like important for people to know? I think what would be important is to bring up the sperm side of things, how important and easy it is to freeze sperm at a young age. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really investing in that for young men, I think is really important with what's going on in the world and the microplastics and environment. Sperm counts are going down with each generation. If we got the word out through, you know, your show to some of your clients that sperm freezing is a heck of a lot easier than egg freezing. There's no surgery. There's no anesthesia. It's just a cup and whatever you want to do to get stuff in that cup. I don't need to know about it, but there are companies out there that provide sperm freezing from home. So you, they'll send you a kit, you produce a sample, you send it to them and they'll freeze it. So you're saying like, just like all the other aspects of pregnancy, like the men get off super easy. Like (laughs) it's it's, it's unfair. I've, 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 my wife has told me many times, like how unfair it is. Right. Perfect. So one thing that I can only imagine happening and, and I see it with my clients in all different aspects of their lives where they think their goal is one thing. And maybe, maybe initially they're like, kids sound horrible or that. Like, that's not something I want to, to bring into my life. I want to have more more freedom to do whatever they want and not have the responsibility or, or whatever the reasoning is. Have you ever seen someone change their mind and be like, well, they were so dead set, like kids weren't going to be for them. So they never thought about this stuff. It wasn't important. But then 
maybe something happens in their life, some, some type of experience or they, they just evolve and change. And all of a sudden it's like, I want to have a baby and, and, and they're older now than what they thought previously. Has that ever happened? All the time. I have a lot of patients over the age of 45, even who Boy. never thought they wanted to have kids. And now they're 47 and they're like, now I'm, I'm ready. And so, you know, the thing is that once your eggs have run out, your desire to have a child could actually start. And so yeah. that's the reasoning behind freezing eggs young, just in case, your own egg donors, what I tell people, are freezing sperm young, just in case, because of the issues that we know can come up with older sperm. Yep. And, and you named off a, a handful of other routes of going. Those tend to be more expensive, at least for my quick Google searching. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, egg donation, anywhere from like 30 to 80,000 sperm, sperm donors, you know, using a vial of sperm is, you know, relatively cheap. It's about a thousand dollars for all that's involved, plus the cost of treatment, depending on what that is. And then surrogacy, depending on the state that you're doing it in, can be anywhere from 90 to almost 200,000. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so, Yeah using your own, your own stuff, if applicable, that is always going to be the best route, even from a financial perspective. And, and even if you have to go those other routes on, then that's just is what it is. So then you can kind of decide like what that looks like. I have a, a client and a close family friend that's also it's adopted. And so that's, that's another route. Uh, and absolutely. Like yeah. there's, you can't tell me or you can't tell them like that they feel any different about their children than, than I feel about my, like, it's the exact same thing. It's just, there's definitely going to be people that will feel differently about that. So if you are in control, if you do have the ability to start planning ahead, like definitely that gives you more options for sure. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show today, Amy, and for you're in California near the San Francisco area. If people wanted to reach out to you or wanted to, to check out your show, different resources, what what are going to be like the the key places for people to, to find you? For sure. So just put an egg whisper into YouTube. You'll find my show there. Same thing on Instagram, same thing with Twitter, Facebook, all the social media channels, you'll find me there. And then my website, which is D-R-A-I-M-E-E, which is dramy.org org. Perfect. Well, again, I, I really appreciate all the information. I think this is super critical just for people to be aware of it. And then, yeah, they, they can kind of take it upon themselves as far as exploring this a little bit more. Because, again, when it's a goal of theirs to to have a family, very important goal typically is what we're not seeing. So, so that's very amazing information. I, I really appreciate your time, Amy. Thank you, Lucas. Thank you so much for listening to Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. You can find show notes by visiting levelupfinancialplanning.com and finding the podcast page. You'll also be able to find strategy guides, videos, and cheat sheets to help you take your financial confidence to the next level. If you feel this episode has added a ton of value for you, please rate and share this with friends and colleagues. Catch you next time on Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp.